0: Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong Leicester Mercury's Leicester City Podcast. I'm Rob Tanner joining me today is Jordan Blackwell. And we're going to be dissecting the home defeat to Manchester United uh, on Sunday. Um, What did you think then Jordan? I thought it was a decent performance from City, from the youngsters, but again at Achilles' Hill... Conceding early doors and then playing catch up for the rest of the game, and this time they couldn't catch up like they could at Liverpool.
1: Yeah, it was was sort of same old story as far as City are concerned. Um, Like you say, that early goal—that's now five games in a row in all competitions that they've conceded inside the first 15 minutes. Um, And again, they played pretty well after that. They created a few opportunities. It wasn't quite um, as—I thought they were uh, just broke through the lines and, and they got behind United more often than they did against. Cardiff and Southampton the, the previous two home games um, so it was a positive in that front but again yeah they just couldn't get the gold De Gea made a, a couple of really good saves um, particularly from Gazelle's free kick and uh, Vardy's volley as well um, so yeah I don't I, I don't think there's too much to complain about given United's form. Um, but it's just a little bit frustrating that they probably didn't get what they deserved out of the game.
0: Well, I think that's the key word frustration I can imagine yeah. a lot of Leicester fans were frustrated um, by what they uh, what they saw in the end result on mm. uh, on Sunday, and certainly by those starts. Let's get to the bottom of this now. Yeah. 17 times in 25 games they've gone behind in games. 11 goals they've conceded in the first 15 minutes of games this season. It is a repetitive yeah. n- nuisance to their uh, to their cause. This, and um, I well mean, I imagine Claude like the rest of us scratching his head trying to figure out why we've seen lots of. Accusations that uh, his training methods the day before games has not hasn't got the players fired up or, or whatever, but it, it's just it's just getting a bit ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's if maybe we've we've now gone too far in terms of focusing on it. Maybe the the club are focusing on on it too much. Mm. Um, obviously, it is a talking point because it happens all the time, and the Leicester do have the worst record in the opening fifteen minutes. But perhaps if they didn't concentrate on it, it wouldn't be in the players' heads and make. It seems a little bit at the minute that the players are almost frozen, knowing that they've got that you know it's sort of hanging over them. And as soon as the goal goes in, and then there's sort of it's it's like relief, you know, it takes the weight off their shoulders. Um, And I know that the Leicester have been working on it in training. Claude said as much after the um, after the game against. What can you work on? What What can you work on? I mean, it's got to be psychological, rather rather than a tactical thing. Powell was suggesting it was. it, 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 he could sort of practice sort of scenarios from kickoff um, and, and and focus on it that way but I, I think it is psychological I don't think yeah, I, I think and now we've got to this point where it's happening all the time I think it is psychological um, I, I don't mean, think he, it's but I don't think it's anything to do with motivation because uh, last few games they've come out and start the second half they came out really well against United, started the second half, had a couple of chances. Liverpool, they had a, a re- few really good chances. Whatever he says at half-time, he should yeah. say, before the game. Yeah, Wolves, they to they, they just need goals. to change
0: things about their preparation before a game. Perhaps just change up something on match yeah. days. Yeah. So it's got to be psychological, because I don't think you can work on the training ground on Ricardo giving a ball away in midfield rather than playing it down the line. And then uh, yeah. poor, poor, poor Pogba putting it on a, an absolute pinhead. For Marcus Rashford, I mean, as that that goal went yeah. in, I mean, they could have been two 0 down because Rashford, Rashford, Rashford have really it really yeah. easy. Head. Perhaps they just need to change something up about the approach. They yeah, I mean, change I know there's
1: a, they do have a routine um, that they go through on a match day, and the, you know, the players are quite often superstitious, so they might have things like that. But yes, yeah, so maybe if there's just sort of one thing that they could change, just to make it feel slightly different, and then maybe we'll see a different approach. But yes, I think. S- Something needs to happen because they can't keep going through a game like they can't keep going through games like this where they, you know, they're, they're putting themselves in a terrible position early on.
0: Well, let's talk about some of the, uh, the the controversial moments in the game. One of them, a big one, was the substitution of James and Madison second half. City are chasing the game, and uh, Madison had a quite a good game. I thought he looked quite lively, looked bright, um, was linking up quite well with Harvey Barnes, who we'll talk, to, talk yeah. about in a minute, and Jamie Vardy. Uh, but then uh, Claude Tate took him off. Um, the fans reacted to that quite yeah. audibly. Um, booed him as they come off. It was a talking point. Listening to the radio on the on the way home as well. Fans were really perplexed why he brought on Rashid Gazzal
1: and took off uh, James Madison. What did you think? Um, I thought it was the the wrong decision in terms of I think if he was going not necessarily bringing Gizal on, but I think in terms of taking Madison off, um, I think Gray had had uh, had, le- had less of an impact on the game. Yeah. So I think that would have um, Gazzal for Gray would have made more sense. I also, I think it. It would have, it wouldn't have received such a negative reaction. I think there's a, I think there's a, the fans appreciate that Madison is probably the most creative player in the side. Uh, I feel like there's going to be a bit of a problem, um, you know, creating chances. I wouldn't say it affected Leicester too badly after Gazelle came on because I think Gazelle showed some nice touches and we've often seen that Madison's influence wanes in games because he, he does seem to get uh, tired. But yeah, I think I felt like Puel needed to to read the mood a little bit better. Yeah, you like, yeah. Because I think it had such an adverse effect straight away the the making the change. Because all the, if you want to galvanise the team and galvanise the crowd with your substitutions, if you're bringing somebody on, and it's um, you know it's you getting a load of booze. It's, it's not. I helping, don't think
0: it? Claude Puel is the sort of character though that will make a decision just to please supporters. No, I think he's quite a stubborn character in terms yeah. of you know he, he has his ideas, he has his views. And and that's it. Mm. Uh, and I think he's like that as well with his staff as well. I think you know with Michael Apperton leaving as well. I think that might have been because perhaps Claude wasn't listening to him or uh, when he was offering his uh, his four penneth. Um So I think you know I think we're going to see this on a recurring um, uh, basis at the moment. But what about Harvey Barnes? Because he was the big positive for me. Second start, only his second start in the Premier League, and he produces a performance like that. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was a yeah. real threat. He was really positive and bright. Just what City had been. Lacking really, somebody as soon as they get the, on the ball to turn and attack and be positive and try to get into the penalty box.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I thought he was, uh, I thought he was really, really good. I think, I think it's that directness. That's that's what he has that perhaps City have lacked. Um, there's no faffing about. If you like, like you say, he gets the ball, he'll turn, get a cross in, or turn he'll run into the box or play a pass. Um, then we you know there was a few moments we he, he set up the chance for Madison uh, in the first half where Shaw got in a really good block. Um, there was the chance at the end with his set up for Vardy, where they played some nice football down the left, and he he went sprinting. And I think there's, um, yes, I think it's that was it was really encouraging. And also, we, we spoke to to Puel about him after the game. And usually, if you try and get Puel's verdict on an individual player, he's sort of a bit reluctant to praise them too much because he wants to talk about the team as a whole and not sort of single anybody out. Um, but he was quite open in his praised for Barnes. He said, yes, he was my best player. Uh, everybody else should have followed um, his lead. So I think that, that says a lot that, that Pua was willing to come out and say that and, and, and praise an individual's
0: performance like that. Uh, let's talk about uh, Yuri Tillemans, the new yes. signing. Um, we were expecting perhaps he might be involved on match day. He yep. wasn't. He was left out of the squad and that was another bone of contention I think with some supporters. I was quite surprised at the big signing um that had come into the club and wasn't involved on match day but they're probably going to get see him uh, at spurs at wembley on uh, at the weekend but were you surprised he wasn't involved um
1: I was surprised he wasn't on the bench i think it, you can have a player on the bench like that even if you've developed the point was that he'd not trained enough and that he'd only trained one day didn't have the connection he needed with his, um you know with his teammates and uh, in, in terms of leicester city tactically Which I think is is a fair point, but I think there's a it gives you a kind of it gives you a boost I think if you get a new signing onto the pitch, you know chasing a game with twenty minutes to go you get a new signing on the pitch that seems to to have a positive effect I think uh, even if they don't quite understand the tactics and that and that kind of thing, Um, so it was a surprise I think but uh, yes I think we will see him um, certainly at least on the bench. for The Spurs game next weekend. One face that was missing was Mark Brighton. Yeah. Now we don't
0: really know the severity of his hamstring injury at the moment, but that ruled him out the Man United game. We don't know whether he'll be back for Spurs. yet. Yeah, hamstrings can be notoriously bad mm. uh, to um, to diagnose as well. I mean, i imagine he's gone for a scan. He's had his scan. He'll probably have a better idea than we do at the moment. And uh, but hopefully, fingers crossed, he'll be back because um, he's a great supply line. Yeah, definitely.
1: I think you know Leicester quite often miss or Brighton when he's not playing. Um, as you say with the with the, the balls into the box and the uh, and the supplying chances, uh, but also with his work, work work rate on the wing. Um, particularly against um when the opposition have attacking full backs mm. like United did with and we know we saw Shaw and Young get um get forward with the ball quite a lot and Shaw set up that, that early chance for Rashford as well. Um so I think yeah, that's where Leicester quite often miss Albrighton. So yeah, fingers crossed he's not, he's not out for too long.
0: Well, what do you think overall, then? So far, we're two games into this three-game block that we said, this is going to be ridiculously tough. Mm. Uh, Liverpool away, Man United at home, and then Spurs away. Um, so far, it's not been too bad, has it? I know there's only been one point return, and we sort of said four points would be a really good sort of return yeah. from these. So that puts a pressure on going to win at Wembley. No, no pressure there. I mean, that, that was an amazing
1: game there. Uh, last seen, year, yeah. but the performances haven't been bad. No, uh, I don't think so. No, I think certainly we've seen signs of improvement over the last two games um, compared to uh, you know the, early, the games earlier in the season, particularly Cardiff and Southampton uh, more recently. Um, and certainly the Liverpool game, I would say I would rank alongside Manchester City as the performance of the season. Um, so, yes, overall, it's not too bad. I think Leicester have now. Drop down in that sort of the, now towards the bottom of that middle group, but it's ever so tight. And I think less Leic- because Leicester have had difficult fixtures. As long as they're not too far out of it, um, it will be quite easy for them to to claw that back and uh, and jump back towards the top of that little group. Um, so yeah, I I don't really have any complaints with what I've seen over over recent games. I think there is, if they could get a point at Spurs, I think two points from those three games. I think that's I think that's more than acceptable, um, but obviously, it's, you know, Spurs are competing for the title still, um, and yes, they've not got Kane and uh, Deli Alley. but um, well, there's rumours that
0: uh, Kane could be back earlier than predicted and could possibly play a part next week.
1: Yeah, well, he'll <laughs> score then, like he always does. Um, but yeah, I think there's, you know, they're clearly very good, and so I don't think you can really expect anything uh, from that game.
0: One area I really think City need to improve they're going to get anything at Spurs and they did Im- improve vastly in this area at Liverpool but we saw the same old weakness it's that central midfield area Papi mm. Mendy, Wolfen and Didi not protecting the ball well enough not using the ball well enough not being positive enough on, on possession they're both very defensive minded players but I think City need a bit more in that, that middle midfield I mean I I, I accept they were up, up against probably the, uh, the, the strongest midfield three Herrera and uh, Matic and uh, <laughs> and Paul Popper who was just outstanding wasn't yeah. he on, on on Sunday so yeah you, you bear that in mind as well and perhaps they probably needed a bit more support perhaps that might have been a game to have the three in there I don't know it's all in hindsight but I think Tilleman's arrival could give them that and I'm really looking forward to seeing that I play I don't want to put too much pressure on him <laughs> yeah. but um, I, I do, they do need somebody who can put his foot on the ball and, and play I mean we saw it and Harry Maguire was playing the ball better than Andy yeah. and Nidide. he was passing the ball uh, putting it on both flanks from a central area admittedly he's probably got more time from his where he was striding out of defence than the other two do but um, I really do think they need to offer a bit more and Papi Mendy in particular was lucky. I thought if, if Mike Dean who who is on 99 red cards yeah. so far I was lucky, with close to his 100th red card could have brandished it. Uh, second yeah. half, he certainly would have put himself in jeopardy pulling back Pogba.
1: Yeah I think there's. A, I think it's, their, their passing is quite conservative. I don't think um, and you can sense the fans were getting frustrated with that as well. Yeah, I think so. I think it's not necessarily that, that their that passings bad, but I think it's just that maybe they recognise that it's not their strongest suit. So they're trying to break the lines. That's where Leicester struggle. Mm. Um, and if indeed and Mendy keep playing it wide to the fullbacks, or you know, or wide to the wingers, or even backwards to the centre backs, um, Leicester aren't really going anywhere. Mm. Uh, but I, I mean, I looked at the, the statistics. Mendy's pass completion is the the second best of Players outside the top six. Mm. So, in terms of that, there's you know, if if you want someone to to keep the ball, then yes, he's doing an okay job, he's doing a good job. But if you feel like most midfields, those
0: stats always can be a bit misleading, can't they? Because if I played it back to my centre back ten times and I played it ten times, it looked like I'm a midfield general. Yeah, Um, but you want a bit more, don't you? You Want a bit more positivity play the ball forwards. I mean, that'd be that'd be an interesting stat to see how many ball passes he actually plays forward and. uh, and how many of those he completes as well, because you do need a bit more positivity in this
1: game. Yeah, I think the 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 midfield two to compare them with, I would say, is, is Neves and Moutinho. I mm-hmm. think, obviously, Leicester and Wolves probably going to finish in a similar kind of position in the table, but it feels like Neves and Moutinho have control over a game, they control the tempo, they can play the forward passes, but also they can do stuff defensively as well. Um, and it feels like they're the the two to, to look at. Obviously, Moutinho's got a lot of pedigree, so he, he, is be, um, you know, he is going to be a very good player. But yes, hopefully, Tielemans can provide something extra because um, Leicester certainly need it.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you for joining us this week. We'll be back later in the week. We've got a press conference to preview the trip to Wembley, uh, Tottenham Hotspur, and we've got all the stories and reaction to the Man United defeat on Leicestershire Live. So we'll see you again next time.